You're listening to Immaculate Conception Podcasts, recorded every Sunday at the 11 o'clock Mass at our new church located at 411 Palma Road in Columbia, Illinois. For more information about Immaculate Conception, please go to www.icc-columbia-il.us. Our pastor is Father Carl Shear. And now, enjoy the podcast. Right, so we finish the Christmas season with the public ministry of Jesus, the beginning of public ministries, which means we have to accelerate uh, time rather quickly, going from infancy to 30 years now. So now let's take a look at this. And therefore, Jesus is now appearing, at least is now becoming public. But beforehand, God is going to give us, through the prophet Isaiah, a little handle on what to expect and how this is going to happen. He says, here is my servant, this is Jesus, and this is God speaking. Here is my servant, whom I am uphold, whom I am well pleased, that's Jesus, upon whom I have put my spirit, this is Jesus. He shall bring forth justice to the nations, it's going to be important. And this is how he's going to do it, not crying out, not shouting, not making his voice heard on the street, a bruised reed, he will not break, and a smoldering wick of, of, you know, of a flame that's just about to go out. He will be so silent and so gentle, he, can't, he won't put it out. Now, that's nice, and it's pretty, but as I look at it, and I'm going to look at it through my eyes and through my time, I am so used to movies that are CGI now, uh, and I'm so used to special effects, and we've had so many superhero movies that... Say, well, can't we make him just a little bit more superhero-y? Something a little spectacular? Now we know that Jesus does miracles and all that. Yes, 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 we're going to do that. We haven't got there yet. But this description right off the bat is like, well, come on. We need something showy here. Give us something big. You know, do something with the weather. Do something with something. But make it big. But, now remember, this is from God. So God is saying, uh, no. <laughs> and so, that's my idea. And God says, thank you, but no, I'm not listening to you. And all right, but come on. What's more that God has to, that God has Jesus doing? He's going to open the eyes of the blind, bring out prisoners from confinement and from the dungeon those who live in darkness. He's called us to have victory for justice. And by the way, justice in this case, this is kind of a, a religious justice, not a justice when we go to court. So don't think of our court system. <laughs> 
Think of a justice in a sense where people have had certain rights taken away, just the, the right of being a human, where they're less than human. And so Jesus is going to restore what it means to be a human uh, for everyone. And this is the justice. Everyone is going to be restored to what is due to the person. All right. All right. So there's the resume that God gives. And like I says, unfortunately, I can't change it, and you can't either. So that's what we have to work with. And God wants to set the groundwork. Okay, so we got that. That's Isaiah setting the groundwork. All right, back to Matthew then. Jesus has done the best disappearing act ever, ever, thanks to God, ever. We don't know anything about Jesus. We know he was born, you know, we know about the shepherds and we know about the magi, uh, we know about the finding in the temple, but then after that, we don't know a thing, the greatest disappearing act ever. Now, lots of people want to make something of that, and you can if you want to. And there's plenty of crazy Christians and other crazy people who do it. You go down that path, but just realize it's a fantasy. It's pure fantasy because we don't know nothing. Because God does not want us to know nothing about Jesus when he was younger. So it's all right. All right. Given that. So with that, at the age of 30, Jesus shows up to John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist is kind of in on this a little bit, I think, because he can recognize Jesus because, you know, their births were so important. So at least John the Baptist says, wow, here you are. I need to be baptized by you. And yet you want me to baptize you? And Jesus says, yes, and then John says, this makes no sense. And it doesn't make no sense that John the Baptist has to baptize Jesus. And basically, Jesus responds by saying, this is way over your pay grade. You're just going to have to do what God says for you to do. So just baptize me. It's not for you to know why. I said, okay. So John the Baptist baptized him. <clears throat> Then, then, okay, here's the next part. Then we get something kind of rare in the New Testament. God speaks up. God does not speak up much in the New Testament. Old Testament, God is talking all the time. In the New Testament, God is silent, obviously. We got Jesus speaking, but God the Father in the New Testament is practically silent, except for today. He speaks up. God the Father says, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Thus begins the ministry, the public ministry of Jesus. And thus begins our public ministry as well, since we are baptized in Jesus. So just as Jesus went about publicly announcing the good news by his words and actions, we, as followers of Christ, have to do the same thing. Now, we have to watch out, though, because it's real easy 
to try to get Jesus, to get God, to get the Holy Spirit, to do what we want. And I fall into this trap all the time. And so did the early Christians. And in the Acts of the Apostles, the second reading that we read, this was something big going on. And we pick up the action. I got to give you a little bit of background of the action of this reading. Okay, so Christianity has established itself. And the Jewish people were becoming converts. And Jewish people were following Christ. And therefore, the early Christians were Jewish people who have now accepted Christ as their Savior. Now, along comes St. Paul. And St. Paul starts baptizing other non-Jewish people. And the Jewish people who are baptized Christians hit the roof, saying, what are you doing? Why are you dealing with these people? These people cannot be saved, whoever they are. These people, and, they're, and besides, they're terrible people. Why are you hanging around with such terrible, awful people? And to boot, why are you baptizing them? They don't deserve this. This is kind of our special thing. And St. Paul says, you're crazy. St. Paul says, no. Why can't they serve God through Christ? And the Jewish people said, the Jewish Christians said, no, they cannot. St. Paul, yes, they can. And back and forth. It was awful. It was an awful time. And the church almost just fell apart. It was bad. If you listen to scholars and read their works, it was a bad time. And it's amazing that the church got off the ground. Except St. Peter. Thank God for St. Peter. And we hear kind of the frustration in his voice here. St. Peter has to make a decision. And he does. And he's at the house of Cornelius. And you can almost hear it. I'm, gonna, I'm not very good at acting, but you can just see it. And he comes to the, and he comes to the Jewish Christians... And he says, you know, guys, in truth, I see that God shows no partiality. Now, that's a big statement. That's a horrible statement, as a matter of fact. At first, you know, you say, well, why is that so horrible? It's horrible. God shows no partiality. Can you even, I can't even think that. I always thought that I could be God if he wanted to take a day off. I'm not very good at being all powerful, but I am all knowing. <laughs> however, however, this stops me cold in my tracks. This actually prevents me from becoming God. In truth, I see that God shows no partiality. And that just cannot get into my brain. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I, I mean, yes, I, God should be partial to me because I'm a good guy. I know most of you. God should be partial to you. I'm okay with that. But not everybody. 
There has to be a limit. In truth, I see that God shows no partiality. Rather, in every nation, whoever fears him and acts uprightly is acceptable. Try as I might, and I do it a lot, I try to really make God in my image. I tell God what to do a whole lot. I try to make him do things. I, I try to trick him. I do a lot of things because I'm really trying to make the world and I'm trying to make God into my image. And today we celebrate the baptism of the Lord in which God says, no, this is my beloved son. This is him who is going to open the eyes of the blind, bringing out prisoners from confinement and from the dungeons, those who live in darkness. This is who my son is. This is my work. And today, God says, I'm inviting you to join into my work. I'm not asking you to tell me what to do. I'm not asking you to uh, judge people and tell me what people should be like. I'm not asking you to tell me who I should like and who I should not like. I'm not asking you any of these questions. These questions do not belong to you. What I'm asking you today is, is that can you help? And in our baptism, can we follow this Jesus? Not crying out, not shouting, not judging one another, not putting each other down, not pointing fingers. God says, we don't have time for that. There's a lot of people who are blind. There's a lot of people who are imprisoned and in confinement for various reasons. And so many people live in darkness. Today, on this, the baptism of Jesus, let us renew our baptism in Christ and follow what he does in both words and actions.